Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Emma Mills Sheffield helps businesses drive efficiency and productivity to get the best from their organization. Her approach is based on identifying how businesses can run more efficiently and through coaching and training, how employees can become more resilient and develop and thrive in the workplace. By reviewing business operations and investing in people, this encourages business growth, and a more productive and happy workforce. This is gonna be very appropriate for our conversation today. Clients typically work with Emma when scaling up a business, restructuring, integrating new teams, revising strategic direction. You know, all of these are areas that provide opportunities for bravery in the workplace. And in January of 2020, Emma was named as one of the 100 female entrepreneurs in the United Kingdom as part of the small business campaign, which I'll probably mispronounce, F semicolon entrepreneur. Emma, you can tell me how to say that in a moment. And the campaign includes a collection of women who inspire their peers and communities through their businesses and wider activities. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. And thank you, Ed. And you nearly got it right. Yes, F entrepreneur, short for female entrepreneurs. <laughs> okay. Well, there is a there is a colon in between F there and is, entrepreneur. But is. well, fantastic. And congratulations on that award. What what was the catalyst or premise upon which you got that recognition? It's really to recognize women who do something else as well. So it's part of the, the campaign that's kind of badged as I also. And I think a lot of women, especially, they run a business or they have a job and we kind of define ourselves by that. And then when you ask them what they do, they always say, and I also do this, and I also do that, and I do this for a charity, this for a community, this for a family. And you think, wow, we are greater than the sum of our parts. We are, you know, if you look holistically, we do a lot. So, uh, yeah, that's why. Well, it's interesting because as you learn more and more about women leaders and how women oftentimes interact in the workplace, especially historically, you know, one of the behaviors that people encourage them to do more of that they don't do enough of is talking about themselves and all of the fantastic accomplishments that they have. Men, I think, seem to do it more naturally or more maybe even aggressively, but you know, it would be great if women did it as well. 
I agree. And it's something I work with uh, mentees on, on programs. And typically they are, uh, you know, young women wanting to finish their studies and head into the workplace. And I encourage them to shout about what they do because you're in competition and you should be proud of your achievements. And you can guarantee that there will be men who are uh, bolder and more brash about what they've achieved. And women sometimes can sit quietly, yet actually their achievements are fantastic. So I always encourage people to you know, be their own cheerleaders and, and cheerlead other people along as well. Well, speaking about providing people an opportunity to talk about themselves, I did a yeoman's job introducing you, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about uh, what you do today and how you interact with the marketplace. Great. Thank you, Ed. Uh, You actually did a really good job of introducing me. So I was listening going, who is that person? (laughs) Wow, she sounds fantastic. She sounds amazing. I really want to meet her. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. Uh, But yeah, I I work with business leaders now, Um, you know, large scale uh, uh, corporations, um, typically smaller, medium sized enterprises, especially scale ups. I love the pace of change involved in these kind of really exciting scaling companies. And I work with leaders to understand how to to grow themselves and their businesses, and also to lead well and to lead with vulnerability and humility and empathy. And ultimately, this drives better workplaces. You know, my ethos is life is short, so let's be nice. Let's not just do more with less and, and drive people harder and harder. Let's actually create more harmonious workplaces by working more effectively. And let's finish work. Let's go and do something fun. Let's do something for the community or, you know, eat ice cream. I mean, I live near the seaside, (laughs) which is brilliant. Uh, So it's a nice opportunity to have a walk and have ice cream or, you know, a cold beer or a coffee or whatever. So that's one of my, one of my treats really, because, you know, I think we can sometimes just drive too hard and, that's when you start to hit burnout and and have high uh, staff turnover issues and ultimately affects does affect profit and it affects your customers and clients and creating a better workplace just means you've got a better uh, outcome for everybody well when you think about scaling up which i think is a fascinating topic as it applies to bravery in the workplace as people are, are looking for themselves and their organizations to grow and evolve and scale up I would imagine, even though you haven't been hired for this reason, that you have seen the need to be braver in the workplace in respect to what you do and how you do it. Can you reflect on that for a couple of moments? Yeah, definitely. I think bravery is, you have to be open to be brave. And sometimes, and I don't think it's a gender divide. I think it's, there's more empathy associated with female-led leadership, but actually, Men are also empathetic and and fully understanding as well, and you know in control of their emotions. But sometimes in business, it can feel that you have to kind of beat your chest with that bravado. It's like being like Tarzan; you have to really, really push, and you have to lead aggressively. But in reality, being brave is actually owning up to the weak, the weaker areas. You know where you're not so strong, where you are vulnerable be it business or personally, and getting that understanding of how to open, be open and leading really quite, it's like a heart-led leadership. It's not having to be super driven because you can be driven with passion, but you don't have to be driven by pure profit because ultimately nobody benefits from 
the outcomes within the workplace. So I think being being brave is just being really open with people. Well, this is one of the interesting areas that we hear a lot of people talking about these days. And I think a lot of research has been done on this topic of empathy. And I think most research would say, and I'm not one of these researchers, so I'm just repeating back what I've read, that uh, of the two genders, men could learn a lot more about being empathetic in the workplace, that women have a tendency to be naturally more empathetic and put themselves in the shoes of the other person more easily than a man. And uh, I'm just wondering if you've seen that or if that resonates with you in the work that you do uh, with clients. It does. And also from experience, I think it's it really stands out when you get a really good empathetic male leader and you can see them in your mind's eye. You remember working with them was fantastic. Typically, you've got many that, that aren't. Uh, and I think it's it definitely points to a lot of background work. You've you know you've done the research yourself, but you can look back to how people have been brought up. You've got the the that leadership trait is very much about protection. It's about um, you know it's earning the money, it's bringing in the food, it's going back to the the, the days when we were in caves, and ultimately we're not in caves anymore. Okay, present. <laughs> situation accepted. We're all in our own caves at the moment. Um, but, you know, in reality, you've got some fantastic female leaders, and especially in, in current politics around the world as well, who are showing how great situations can be, uh, the outcomes can be achieved, especially around, uh, you know, the current pandemic, the different approaches. And you just think, God, if we had more women in, in positions of power, we'd be in a better position now, uh, globally. I think. Definitely. There's been, uh, especially during the pandemic, I think it's interesting that countries have been identified as responding to the pandemic more effectively, also being countries that are run by women. And I can't remember what country it is. And it's in Europe where the president and prime minister for the first time in the country's history are both female and, uh, you know, the impact there is of interest. I will tell you that if I was not hosting a podcast on bravery, very likely I would be hosting a podcast on, you know, called Be Empathetic at Work, because that's how significant a strategy being more empathetic can be. Absolutely. And I'm going to guess, I think it's Estonia. Um, I think I read it yesterday, uh, which is is very current. Yeah, I just read it within the last couple of days. So, that's kind of cool. So I may have already stole some of your thunder, but I'm just wondering, Emma, you know, what words or phrases might come up when you think about being braver in the workplace? I think you know, we've reflected on a few. I think around being open, being uh, really transparent and prepared to share concerns. I do hear from some business leaders that they feel that you have to have um, you've got leadership, you've got senior management, you've got these really big strategic conversations happening, and then you have staff, and it's a different conversation. Yet in reality, if you take away some of the kind of human resource aspects and some of the real um, you know deep financial details, which should be kept separate, there are areas that you can be much more open about. And if you're looking at having all of your employees understand where their goals really align to a strategy, where they fit in and where they add value, especially during hardship and change, if you're much more open about where you're going and what the challenges are, 
people know how they fit in. So definitely being way more open, um, being vulnerable, and especially as people are working uh, very much remotely and differently at the moment, by understanding that everybody is a human, everyone has a life, everyone has their own challenges uh, that they're going through, means that you're in a, you are able to lead more effectively. And I think, you know, to be brave is actually to exhibit some of the softer characteristics. Some people call them soft skills. I think they're, you know, foundation skills, really, of, of being more open and vulnerable with people. Well, I read an article recently that took a position that what we have called soft skills are actually hard skills, because that's why we always have to train people on them, because <laughs> nobody nobody knows how to do them naturally. And so yeah. these are harder things to do. You know, for somebody who is just naturally unempathetic or unvulnerable, whatever the opposite of the word vulnerable is, or unauthentic, it's hard to be the opposite. And it takes practice and time. And uh, for some people, it may not even be achievable. But some of what you're talking about sounds as though we're talking about authenticity and vulnerability, uh, empathy, right? These are harder skills to use, yet required, really, if you want to demonstrate bravery in the workplace. It's because they're scary. I think if you're not used to it and you open up, you are opening yourself up for, you know, imagine taking down the, the walls of a fort. You're opening yourself up for attack. Now, not everyone's going to attack you, and, and there's no reason why they should. But we, the more we go through in life, the more walls we build up. So you take away that kind of comfort, uh, that fort around you, you're putting your heart on your sleeve at times. And I think that's what's scary for people, especially if you have a mentality and an upbringing of, you know, keep a stiff upper lip, um, especially for men, it's like you don't show emotion and it's all of those really damaging characteristics that we know cut really deep into people. It's hard to it's hard to help people coming from a place where it's it's really, really ingrained, but from a general leadership perspective, it can definitely be encouraged and, and, and brought out. But there are obviously certain psychological conditions that mean empathy is nigh on impossible. And there are different different uh, research papers on that sort of sort of thing. But on the whole, you can definitely encourage and support people to just be more open and more human because you want to stand side by side with somebody, you know, shoulder to shoulder and, and work through something together, be it your client or your your team or, you know, executive board, whoever it is. We are all humans at the end of the day. Well, I'm just wondering if you could either recap or think a little bit more about why leaders are fearful of or avoid being authentic being vulnerable or demonstrating empathy. I mean, what is it about those behaviors that are so scary to people that more often we don't see it than we do see it? It's a really great question. And I think it's because it's easier to play a character. If you imagine going on stage and your career in, say, a large corporate is about being a different person, it's about being bolder and more brash than you normally are you're probably going to exhibit characteristics in the workplace that you wouldn't at your kid's hockey match, you know, or at a family picnic. And you have two different people. In reality, that's really tiring. 
you know, to be authentic means we can just be the one person and it takes much less energy. But to play that part, it's easier to then play another part and a bigger character. And then you can be the protagonist and you can be the kind of, or the hero and you can build yourself up. And so if you take all that down again, and actually you are the real person underneath, you've got nowhere to go. So it takes massive bravery to be authentic. Yeah, I've heard uh, research that has been done about what's called the two faces. And I think you're reflecting a little bit about this, which is there's the person who I am. And the only person who knows who I am is me. I mean, no spouse or child or parent knows absolutely everything about me that is to be known. Only I do. And then there's the face I show, right? So if I go to work or am in a relationship or am a parent, whatever, there's a hat I wear that I believe is required or needed or expected to show. And it's more often than not that those two faces don't match. And to varying degrees, some might be significant where I'm a much different person at home than I am at work. And some might be very insignificant, right? Hey, that I'm the person you see all the time. So whether it's at work or at home, I make the same type of decisions. I do the same type of things, right? So, uh, you know, it might be this expectation that exists socially and professionally that you play a role at work. I would agree. Yeah, definitely. I think it is, and it is easier to play a role, isn't it? If you imagine going on stage, you can be anyone you want to be. Well, we even teach people this, I think, sometimes purposefully, which is, you know, for folks who are looking to build their presence or their leadership style, we advise them, well, think about who you want to be at that meeting. Do you want to be an engaged, articulate, curious person? Do you want to be a quiet, observing, non-participative person? You know, who do you want to be at that meeting and then be that person? So how about you, Emma? Do you have a a story or something that you think about in your work history of, relates to bravery? Do you have a story that you're either proud of or regret as it relates to bravery in the workplace? Wow. Yes, there's definitely there's something I come back to. I think that can it be both? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Oh. I mean, it was horrible at the time, but There have been times when, yeah, I've had to pluck up courage and have what I feel is a difficult conversation with somebody, uh, with, you know, a team member or, you know, someone reporting to me. But I think the situation that really plays out and impacted how I work is I was working in a, a large, large corporate and in the sort of financial sector, it can be quite, um, quite harsh. But I was working with a very male dominant, dominant team. And we had a staff change. So I had to take over a project that was previously led by by a guy. And there were some really disruptive behaviors in this team. And so, you know, I made the phone call and said, right, you know, you've got me now for the next six months and be great to kick off and, and really understand how you want to run this project. And I was told that working with me was going to be a compromise, that it was never going to be the same. And I thought, okay, right? This is where we start. This is, you know, <laughs> nice. And at every step of the way, I was undermined. So undermined that ultimately it was, you know, it was a real bullying culture. And after three weeks, I phoned up this particular uh, gentleman, we shall call him. I said, look, I'm not feeling this. I think there's a real fundamental issue between how we work. 
And I was told firmly that, yes, it was compromised working with me, that I was not going to add value. And, you know, I'd only be, be trusted if there was another, you know, very senior man in the room. And I thought, wow, okay, I would like to drop this project now you know, like a, like a hot potato, I'm done. Um, but I can't, you know, I can't for m- many business reasons and I had to stick with it. So I did stick with it and it was a nasty, nasty situation um, nearly six months of um, bullying. And I only stuck it because I thought I won't be beaten. And I have a lot of, um, a lot of people reporting into me and I don't feel I can fail because it sets a bad example. And it means that if I admit defeat, how do I help them through their difficult situations? So I stuck it until ultimately uh, it was decided, right, we're going to part company. I'm off the project. And I felt like I'd been really beaten by it. I've gone through this. It really sucked. And now they don't want me anyway. And I think it took its toll at the time and I was ill from from it. It It was a horrible situation. And it pointed to a big cultural issue, which when I reflect on my bravery at the time was picking up the phone saying, this isn't working, we need to deal with it. But in reality, what I should have done is been braver and said, I'm out, I'm done. After three weeks, life is short, nobody speaks to me like that. And I don't care what the consequences are, but I'm not sticking it. And maybe that would have been a better example to set to people in my team who are facing challenges to say it is okay to be more boundaried. And I think that's what kind of hit me. It was the lack of boundaries where, you know, I felt that I was brave by sticking it out and I wasn't, I should have been braver by saying I'm done. So it was a horrible, you know, situation, but it was a great learning experience bizarrely, which you have to dig deep to go back and think, yeah, I learned something. <laughs> That's right. It was horrible at the time, but in reflect upon reflection, it was really helpful. I know. I know that's six months of my life. I won't get back, but hey, you know, let's move on. <laughs> well, it sounds as though you also thought that being a role model was important uh, in that respect. Maybe not in that particular story, but you know, I think one of the aspects of bravery sometimes is based on how others are observing you and what they're seeing. And are you going to be brave or are you going to kind of fold and walk away? So, yeah, I think so. Well, I'm sorry that you had that experience, but as you said, it's both a plus and a minus. So I hope you did learn something from it. Plenty, plenty. I told you it was both uh, you know, <laughs> positive and negative, right? <laughs> well, Emma, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your story as well as your words and phrases as they think about and reflect on bravery. If folks want to talk more about your business or with you about your story and what you've experienced, how can they get in contact with you? Definitely. So I think my LinkedIn and Twitter and you know the usual social media channels will be on the show notes, but you can find me at uh, my website, which is mindsetup.co.uk. Don't be put off by the fact it's a UK website. Um, I love working with people all around the globe. So discussions around leadership and strategy and business growth and team development, then please get in touch. I love to talk about it. Great. Fantastic. Well, Emma, thanks again for joining us. It was great speaking with you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. 
And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.